Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, welcome, everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Will. Mike, just under 2,000 years ago, the most pivotal weekend in history took place where Jesus died and rose again, that really that we might know the beauty of relationship with God. And we, we celebrated that this past weekend as a church family. And I was thinking how in this 20, 25th anniversary year as a, as a church, that was particularly special. Now, I think I'm right in saying that you have spoken at every one of those Easter services over 25 years. Is that right? Yeah, I I think that would be never correct. missed one. Yeah. That's awesome. So, can I begin just by asking you maybe just a personal question? What does Easter mean to you? Yeah, you know, there's a a lot of ways uh that I could go with that. And I think the thing that maybe I'll initially respond to that with is this Christianity is true. Mm. And you and I, and I think probably a lot of the people who are listening, stake our lives on that. Um, It's very life-shaping. And there are times to to wonder, well, is there reasons why I believe what I do? You know, I grew up going to church. I grew up with a Christian home. I'm really grateful for the background that I have. I got to a point when when I was in college, one of my majors was philosophy, because um, I've got an inquisitive mind. And I want to know the why. Mm. I want to know what's behind that. And I so do you, appreciate that about you, Mike. It, we often have very good conversations. It is. <laughs> the curiosity. There's, there's usually good reasons for that. Yes. Um, and it's fun to be able to, to discover that and find out what it is. And I think one of the big questions as you look out throughout history, if I would say philosophy for the past thousands of years, the question is what is true? What's true? What's truth? How do we know that? And there is absolutely, there's nothing else out there like the resurrection of Jesus. Right. Um, Just even from the thinking standpoint, well, how did that happen? How else do you describe the the world-changing event beyond a resurrection? So we talked a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago about some of the reasons and proofs for the resurrection. Mm-hmm. They're pretty solid and they're, they're strong. And so I guess I'd look at that and say one of the things that's really motivating about Easter is it does show something happened. It points to truth within, within the faith that we believe in. So I think that's one of the things that's there. I love about Easter how he wins, yes. right? And sometimes... We don't feel that. Sometimes in life, I got issues and I got problems and I got anxiety and I got mysteries and I don't know what's going to happen. But when the things we see in Easter, well, we know how it's going to end. Mm. You know, the disciples, they didn't know on those few days after the cross how it was going to play out. Mm. Um, 
ends well. And I think that really is applicable to our lives as well. You know, maybe maybe it's Friday for us today. Maybe it's Saturday for us today. But we know that Sunday's coming. So it's one of those things that I think gives us a reality that God's got this. Even though I don't totally see it or understand it right now, it's the reminder. He's there. And I, I think I, I, one more thing that I'll share with yeah, this yeah. question. And it, it gives hope like nothing else. You know, I think, Will, of the reminder of death and what happens after that, this is a real personal thing. You know, my dad died not that long, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he come, you, know, you come back and you think about people in your life that aren't there anymore, and I look forward to seeing them again. Mm-hmm. You know, and Easter is one of those things you just says, it's going to happen. Yes. There is going to be another day when the people that we love and that we miss and that we're connected to, that we're going to be able to to be with them again. Um, great hope that, that comes through this season. Yeah, I love that, Mike. Thank you for sharing that. So how does that, how does that inspire you, motivate you when it comes to Easter Sunday? You're involved in, in a big way. I mean, we had five services between Saturday and Sunday this past weekend. Uh, all that, all that you've just shared, how does that inspire you and motivate you as you get up on stage? Yeah, you know, well, it really starts well before that. When I think about something like an Easter, uh, I think it's one of the origins for me is it is sitting alone in my office, and that can be a very intimidating feeling. It is a very intimidating feeling because here mm-hmm. it is, and, and my my initial feelings with this is this is big this is immense. This is a, a huge scope. And I think, how can I possibly tell this story? It, it's so big. How can I capture what this is about with a few mere words? Mm. Um, so I think that my initial feeling is kind of intimidation mm. uh, with it because the scope is so huge. And I think another thing that would be there is it's, a, it's also a very humbling feeling because you recognize this is the greatest event in the history of this world. And I think I also recognize I have the opportunity to be able to tell about it and to mm. tell the story, but I've done nothing to contribute to it. Right. You know, in, in that sense, it, it, it is a very humbling. I am just, I have the opportunity, I'm the messenger pointing to what God has done through Jesus. And in that, realizing it, it's all him. It's all what he's done. Um, and I think that that's, uh, there's a, a very humbling feeling there. Yes. Well, I appreciate all the work that goes in behind the scenes, you know, the blood, sweat and tears uh, in that office of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, because often, so often we, uh, yeah, we get to enjoy it as you step up on stage and deliver those messages. Just thinking about your message, there was a couple of things that really stood out. First one for me, you said this, the starting point for the spiritual life is not being really, really good, but admitting that I struggle with things that are bad. I don't just need some good advice or inspiration. I need to be rescued, saved. I, I just want to explore this for a minute. I think one of the most popular notions in the world regarding God is essentially be good, do the right things, and you know, you'll know you earn your spiritual stripes and that'll qualify you for eternity. So how does Good Friday and Easter Sunday speak to a very different picture of God and our way to Him? Mm. Like the question, because what it does, you hear a lot of times, um, well, uh, all spirituality is all kind of saying the same thing. No, it's not. 
Right. Um, dig a little bit deeper because the differences are are vast. And Good Friday and Easter points to really the, one of the most central differences between Christianity and all the other religions. Christianity is very unique. There is not another religious leader, you know, in any of the other religions who willingly sacrificed his life. No one else claims that they were raised from the dead and has power over death. Nothing like it. Christianity, very unique here. So what comes from that is, well, Jesus never claimed to be just a wise teacher, mm. right? Never claimed to be just a good teacher. This concept of Savior and the cross points to, well, Savior, that's why he did what he did. And that points to, well, that means we need to be saved. Yes. And if we need to be saved, then this maybe common um, uh, belief religiously that what I need to do is get enough points and do enough good things and I'm going to begin. Well, why did Jesus do what he did if there was another way? Mm. And so I think Good Friday does bring us to to the point of saying, well, Christianity teaches we can't be good enough. If we could... There would have been another way. He wouldn't have had to do what he did. So I think it drives us right to the center of our faith and reminds us of how good God is. Yes. And how really our response then isn't to say, okay, I need to do everything I can to measure up, but to receive what he's done and to let that just marinate in us so we get to the place of gratitude and living out of, thank you, God, Mm. for doing that for me. Yes, it's almost like night and day, really, of simultaneously these two things held together on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. One, the very bleak reality of our brokenness and the darkness, really, in in our hearts. But then, two, the glorious goodness of God and His mercy and making a way for us to be forgiven, made clean, changed into his likeness and brought into his family. And that is just remarkable, you know, and and I think the Bible is unique in that sense as well of kind of like um, bringing those two things together. I'm not sure there's quite as a realistic viewpoint of humanity and of God anywhere as much as we see it in the Bible. And I, to be honest, I think that's one of the reasons why it resonates. So, you know, because you look at it and you say, hum- humanity, broken? Mm, yeah, I think so. Yep. <laughs> do we need a rescue? Do we need a savior that comes from outside of us? Yeah, we sure do. And so what we've just celebrated uh, is was God's plan just to do that. And um, it's a remarkable, wonderful thing, not only just to be able to celebrate it yourself, personally, but to gather with your church family of so many other people who have received that message and are now walking with Jesus in their life. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I love how you connect that with with our reality. You just look around, right, and see it does fit what is going on around us. Mm -hmm. The, The concept of, yeah, there is a brokenness. We see it. I think another thing that I see when you look around is this concept of power, And when we see people who hold a lot of power and authority, what tends to happen with the power Mm. and authority? Well, for the most part, it gets used for that person and for their own personal reasons. This is such a contrast Mm -hmm. in terms of Jesus and the power that he had. 
he used power so differently. Um, and that speaks volumes to be able to say he had, he could have done anything. He had the power to be able to get off of the cross, but he didn't. Um, and to me, that's one, another thing that's just an amazing uh, area of focus with Easter is what he does with the power and the influence that he has and sacrifices, you know, mm-hmm. he, he serves and we don't see that every day with the power structures in our, in our world. We sure don't. But when we see humility and authority partner together, we stand in awe of it, really. Uh, this is maybe a funny example, Mike, but it makes me think of Fred Rogers. So uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, I'm sure our audience is familiar with him, but one of the things he was really known for was, despite his celebrity status, he would be so present with the people who were almost forgotten you know, like the janitor sweeping up the TV studio, that he would be so present with them. It was like Fred Rogers was running the show. He had this authority and, you know, he was well known and, and you know, known across the country. And yet he had this remarkable humility in him as a human being, you know, the very humility of Jesus, I think. And so, yes, when we see humility and authority come together we we stand in awe of it, and and that's exactly we've seen the best, most perfect example of that this past weekend as we've reflected on what Jesus has done. So one more thing, Mike. I, I this is another quote from your message. You said, "If Jesus is alive, then He is Lord, and if He is Lord, that should influence the way we live." The invitation of Jesus is to forgive our sins, but it's also more. It's also an invitation to let the Lord be your Lord. And Mike, when I when I think about our listeners, I think for a lot of people, they're probably on board with that, at least theoretically. But I just wonder, what does that look like practically, mm. you know, in our lives, thinking of, you know, the different areas of our lives? Yeah. And so we, we can break that down because I do think it's easy to be able to say and to believe, yeah, he's Savior, he's Lord. What does that look like on, on a daily basis? So, you know, we can take a few different areas in yeah, life. Sure. What, one would be, well, relationships. Okay, so what does that have to do? If he if he is my Lord, how does that affect my daily relationships? Well, a couple of ways that it would. And one would be, he's pretty clear, invest in Christian relationships. Um, am I investing in Christian community? Um, that takes time. Relationships take time. Uh, it takes intentionality. Is that a part of my life? Is that a part of the rhythm that I have? Is that a priority that I have? Jesus, when it comes to relationship, was very clear uh, about, well, greatest commandment, right? Love God, love others. Does that describe me? Does that describe how I treat other people? Does that describe the you know my relational tendencies? Uh, am I loving other people? You talk about Fred Rogers. He was a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He noticed people that other people didn't notice. So right. I think if he's our Lord, we would are, are we noticing people that mm-hmm. way? And so those would be, I think, some real clear ways to be able to look at it. Family. What what does it look like for family? Well, I think that one of the things we recognize is um, there might be some tension between what we feel like as a follower of Jesus, what our priorities are, and maybe what it would look like if we're not, um, because we do have a different Lord and leader and model. And so it would be looking at things such as, okay, well, what's the most important thing in our family? And if you look at our schedule and if you look at our finances, what gets our most time, what gets our most money? And you say, well, good question. Mm. 
um, what is our functional Lord? And I would think that we'd want to say, well, if I if He is Lord, and if I do want to really have Him first. Is that something that I'm prioritizing in terms of my family, teaching my family, showing my family who he is, modeling what it looks like to follow Jesus? So, yeah, how about you? What are some things that come into mind when it thinks of the lordship of God on a daily practical level? Mm. Yeah, there's two areas that come to mind for me. One is finance. The other is work. And I think both, it's having a sense of God's ownership in both, it almost starts with a perspective. There's a verse in the Bible that says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's quite clear on that. So I think when we take that into those areas, it changes how we approach those areas. For finance, for example, it then becomes about stewarding what God has given us. If God is is reigning over my finances, as he is Lord over my finances, if the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, then it changes how I use that and how I view that money in terms of you know, saving, spending, or, or or generosity. So that I think that's a big thing. And quick plug, Mike, we have a series on our Ridge University podcast uh, called Faith and Finance. So yeah, I've listened to those. Folks, They're if, good. They're yeah, helpful. If folks, if you haven't listened to those, be sure to, to find those. But the other one for me is work. And I tell you, Mike, one of the, it's not because I, it's not just because I work at a church. One of the best perspective shifts that I've had is a recognition that the work that I'm involved in God is Lord over it, you know, and he is inviting me into something. So whether you're, you're, you know, uh, working at a company or whether you're working at a church or that kind of thing, like it's the Lord's. And so he is inviting you into that. And so one practical thing that's been helpful for me is just beginning my day uh, with five, 10 minutes of prayer before I jump into work and the recognition of me inviting the Lord in and saying, Lord, you're Lord in this space. Would you help me to follow your lead? Would you strengthen me for this work? Would you give me wisdom where I need it? I'm about to walk into this meeting and I I need wisdom in this. Would you be leading me in it? So you're inviting the Lord's lordship into those spaces. When the danger is, it's just like, well, well, if I worked at a church, I'd probably think that, but I'm going into an an insurance meeting here and that's not very spiritual. Well, I'm like, actually, yes. Let's 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 uh, let's have a, a perspective shift there, and knowing that we can have the Lord's lordship, whether it is at work, whether it is at school, whether it is at home, and um, inviting God's kingdom come. Really, that's simply if we're wrapping up, uh, you know, our, what we're thinking about here. It's that prayer, Lord, your kingdom come in and through me, in my work, in school, and home, wherever it might be. Uh, I think that's a great perspective on work and one to take a little bit of time. And it doesn't have to be a lot before right. entering in to integrate our spiritual life with our vocational life. And you really give God permission. Yes. Like, enter in. Yeah. You know, I'm here, use me. And whether it's in a, a meeting over budgets or insurance, there are ways. And we see that he can he can integrate and there are ways that we represent him. Mm. Um those come together. They're they're connected, our vocational and spiritual life. Love the way that you start that out by just inviting him mm. to be a part of that. Can I just say one more thing, Mike, as we come into land? I've said this probably several times in the podcast before, but I think the cross sometimes can, it can be just, becomes all about our salvation. And I think that's really true. It, it, you know, it was God's rescue plan to reconcile us to him. But I think it's e- 
also really important that we see what Jesus did for us as a statement of God's heart, of who he is. It was almost like a, a monument in the, in the ground, really, of history, where we look to the cross and we say, there's the very heart of God on display. And I just want to say that because for some, this has probably been actually a quite difficult weekend. Maybe they've had loss in their family or they're just going through a really difficult time and God maybe seems distant to them. And and yet when we when we look to the cross, we we see not only this is about our salvation, but it's it's a statement you know, of who God is. And that in itself is a wonderful reassurance, I think. Yeah, good word. So, well, thank you again for your time, not only in this conversation, but all the prep that goes into the sermon. And just want to thank you for listening again. Just, I, I mentioned it already in our, uh, our conversation here, but we also have the Ridge University podcast channel and we've got several series up and running on there. So why don't you check those out? Just uh, our heart really to equip you in your walk with the Lord as you seek to follow him. So look out for that. Thanks again for being with us. We'll hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at The Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.